there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast, where our goal is to bring you real-world information to help your homeschool family thrive. We're David and Leslie Nunnery, and we are so glad you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about a hot topic that's actually become a real issue for families of all backgrounds, and that is our identity. We're going to be talking about where our identity is anchored, but also about the importance of understanding who we are so that we can help our children grow up without struggling with their own identity. Lots of good, really hopeful stuff to cover in this episode. You know, for many of the families I talk to, whether they're new to homeschooling or have been doing it for a long time, they find themselves completely at a loss and even a little or a lot scared from time to time. Are they doing it right? Are they doing enough? Why are they even trying? Because of those and a thousand other conversations I've had through the years, David asked me to put together a curriculum of sorts to help homeschool families fully grasp the amazing call and privilege that God has given them. Can you even imagine what would happen if the thousands of homeschool families who know our great God would really key into the mission behind what God has called them to do? Our world would be changed for sure as God's people pass their faith onto their children encourage one another to engage in the mission in their own communities and more. So I invite you to join me for Heart School. In that class, we'll look at everything from foundation of why you would Heart School to the relationships impacted by it, to how a Heart Schooler approaches the nuts and bolts like choosing curriculum, planning our days and more. I believe God will use this to change the thinking and maybe even the path of all who tune in. So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash heart school to learn more. You know, David, as I've been speaking about this over uh, this issue of identity over the last year, I've been amazed, like actually utterly stunned at the reaction and just the struggle that is there. It seems very different even from when we were children. Um, just this, it's like there is nothing, nothing stable, nothing known. Satan has just infiltrated every area of our lives with such lies about who we are that I, I see, you know, I talk to moms more often, but I see these moms just really struggling with a myriad of issues that is, is, it's impossible to to move forward when you don't really know who you are and what you're doing. Yeah, I think, you know, just like you and I were talking just not too long ago, families really, this seems to be an issue that has really escalated over the last two or three years. And it's not like it wasn't something that was kind of bouncing around out there before. I remember when I was in high school, uh, people always identified themselves by different groups. And so there was that kind of an identity issue and I think it's natural for people to kind of deal with this a little bit, but recently it has really escalated. Yeah, I mean, but when we were kids, it was, you know, we were we were joking even about High School Musical or earlier. So now, you know, you know, <laughs> I will just admit it. I love it. I love it. This it's is, so fun. My is, kids mock me, but but you know, in High School Musical, there's that one part where they sing about stick to the status quo. You've got your skater group and your athletes and your smart people and your theater group and all of these different groups, and you're supposed to identify and be with one of those things. That's what we struggled with. That was the kind of identity issues that generally plagued people when we were younger. Now, 
these kids are faced with, am I a boy or a girl? You know, what, what, you know, if I, if I, my kid likes to play, if my son likes to play with baby dolls, does that mean that he's going to be a boy or a girl someday? And, and it's just amazing to me how things that used to be solid and true and reliable are, are brought such into question now. Yeah. Again, like you and I were, were talking uh, there was always these assu- certain assumptions. There was these foundational things right. that you had. And it was like, I am a boy and I grew up in this kind of a home. What does that mean? Right. And so there was that level of, of identity. And then there was a kind of a level of, am I that kind of a person? Which I think it kind of came into where you saw those different groups and segments yeah. in yeah. high school. But now people are literally questioning everything. Well, and and so much more factors into it because, you know, not only is there media just bombarding us with messaging that just throws everything normal out the window, but in addition to that, we are we are so many are carrying around baggage and past either wrongs that they have done, sins of their past, or wrongs that have been done to them. How do these things define me going forward? How do I break the cycle of what has happened? So there are so many layers that are impacting people as they look at themselves and try to understand who they are and who God has created them to be. But I would I would tell you all, and, and I actually um, really wanted to park here for just a second, because if you don't understand who you are, then you are never going to understand what your purpose is or how you're going to get there. And so you're, it's like a, a, a cycle that you find yourself in that you can never get out of, of, of just not understanding anything about yourself and being defeated all the time. Yeah. And it's not just media. I mean, when you, when you talk about media, people usually think about the television right? or they think about magazines, but now there's social media. And so there's an element of their friends and their network are playing into this as well. You have TikTok out there that is impacting this. And I actually believe, and again, as you and I were talking about just a few minutes ago, uh, these young people, these kids, they are looking to their parents to help them understand who they are. And in some cases, there's a vacuum there and they are going to social media. They're going to TikTok. They're going to Instagram. They're going to... Uh, music, or they're going to athletes, and they're trying to figure out who they are. And there's this vacuum out there, and I don't think the parents really realize how powerful they are in determining this and stepping in here. Um, but in a lot of cases, the parents are even struggling with who they are. Exactly, exactly. And you know, for for a lot of us, a, a lot of parents, a lot of young people that we're seeing today. They're, they're really allowing their struggle, something that, and that's where you would get that maybe a gender issue or something like that, where there's a confusion, a struggle that they're allowing to define who they are or their past, you know, something that happened to them, a situation in which they grew up and they're allowing that to define who they are. But as, as believers, as Christians, as people who know God, there's, there is no reason for us to struggle. God was so gracious. He told us all through his word who we are. And so I think that we need to really start very foundationally 
in what God says about who we are so that we can build on that. You know, David and I, um, as we have parented for all these years, we've always tried to be very careful with our kids and, and give them a foundation to build their faith on or build what they believe on. And that could be everything from obviously passing on doctrinal truths and truths about God to, you know, why our family does what we do, which, you know, could be doctrinal, could not be, it could just be matters of practice, but we want them to understand why. And so I think it's very important for us to actually understand the the foundation, the, the big picture of who we are. And the first thing that you can cling to if you have come to know Jesus as your savior is that you are a child of God. You have you are Absolutely. a new creation. You are a citizen of heaven now. So like you were talking earlier, all of these things that kind of were those easy definitions of who we were when we were kids. I was, you know, a, a Southern girl from a Christian family and, you know, all of these things. I was an American kid and, you know, all of this. Well, all of that is is true and is important. And, um, you know, it's it's still very much a part of the tapestry of who I am. But ultimately, I am a child of the king. I am bought with a price. I am loved so much that the God of heaven left the splendors there to walk this dusty earth, live a perfect life and lay it down for me. Hmm. And that changes the way that you view everything. And so all of a sudden, these other easy things about me, which didn't change, I'm still a Southern girl who grew up in a Christian family and, you know, all of those things. But first and foremost, the thing that directs what I do more than anything else in the world is I am a child of God. So what does that mean and what does that look like and how does that change my view of of my purpose and everything else? Well, and that's kind of pole shifting as well because that kind of sets everything else in order from exactly. that point forward. Exactly. And that's, you know, honestly, as the reason that we kind of stuck this in after a conversation of goals and everything else is you've got to have that big picture in place, your purpose, your goal, your big why in order to really inform everything else that's going on. And so your purpose and your big why is greatly informed by who in the world you are. And so first and foremost, a lot of this stuff can be cleaned up just by, you know, whether you are or are not a child of God. And and I feel like we would be remiss not to stop here and say, if you don't know for sure that you are a child of God, that you have been made new, that, you know, like First Corinthians tells us that you are a new creation. The old things have passed away and everything, everything is new. Everything that you have done is washed clean. Everything that you feel like you are, and I put that in air quotes, is washed clean because you are made new. If you don't know that for sure, we would count it a great privilege to be able to talk to you about that. So reach out to us. Um, We will get on Zoom, get on the phone, whatever it takes. We want to help you know that uh, for sure. That's the first thing that you have to settle in order to really figure this out and to understand who you are. You need to settle that question of what do I believe about Jesus Christ? Yes. And is it really true that the redemptive walk 
or work of the cross is eternal. It and is, is it finished. enough to take care of all the yuck that I know is part of who I am? That's right. Past, present, and future. Your sins have been washed clean. Do you believe that? And if you believe that, call upon the name of the Lord. And if, uh, if you are able to rest in that, it really settles a lot of this, at least to start with. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Well, I am a child of God. And then you kind of lay everything out from there. Exactly. And and part of that, if you do know Jesus as your Savior, is accepting the relief, the respite, the 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 easy um, yoke that comes with that. Jesus, you're told to cast your care upon him, cast those shackles that are holding you back, cast the burdens of your past and your your the weightiness of the things that you've done or thought or, or thought you were. Lay those at the cross and walk away because Jesus has made a way for you to live in freedom. And it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it will change the way that you look at everything else that you do in your life. That's right. Um, So I wanted to look really quickly because um, as we talk about this, there are a few places that we can go and just see very, very fast what... Or, or who we are in Christ. And again, it is such a good place to start. Colossians 1 is um, a passage that we have actually used. We've prayed for our kids for years as, as we pray that they will walk worthy of the Lord and, and all of these things. But if you, if you start in verse 21 of Colossians 1, it, it says, And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, he's now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. I think that that passage alone as a standalone, if you are carrying around weighty things, go to Colossians 1 and just start meditating on that. Because you are made holy and blameless before him because you are reconciled to the Holy One of God and you are made a new creation. So that is, as I hope, the most um, freeing thing that you will hear all day is you don't have to carry these weighty things. No. And it is by grace, right? Absolutely. And so what changes uh, what... Uh, Jesus Christ from all other gods, all other idols, all other, whatever you want to call it is grace. Yeah. And you don't have to do anything else, but you have to believe. And if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he will save you. And that is a freeing thing. So the point there is that you don't have to pray a certain way. You don't have to go through all of these other things in order to be saved. It is one thing, and that is all. You have to believe, and that's the freedom in Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. but Satan is the father of lies, yeah. and and he is constantly, even though, even as you are meditating on these things that we're talking about, Satan is constantly combating those things with lies and lies and lies, and, you know, um, that's what I think trips us up so much is we're we're walking along just fine. We stumble and Satan whispers, see, I told you, yeah. you're no better. You're, right. You, you've got nothing. And, you know, that 
as I think about that and the power that we allow those lies to have over us, I'm reminded of what Jesus or what the writer of Hebrews tells us, where he says to lay aside those weights that easily beset us. Again, do not allow yourself to fall prey to those lies as you are looking for what God has for you. Um, Because again, as you are letting your struggle or your past define your identity, you are walking away from all of this gift of freedom that, that Christ has extended to you by his redemptive work. That's right. And Satan is an accuser and he's going to do what he does and that he is going to accuse you and he's going to remind you of all the reasons why maybe you might think that this is not true. Right, right. And just to kind of sidestep here, I think where this really becomes a huge issue, not that it's not an issue before this, but I think where this becomes a really big issue for kids is when they get to middle school Mm -hmm. because there is so much insecurity and so much changing. There's, you know, there's this hormone rush there. They don't understand what's going on in their body. And, and, you know, so all of these, their, their appearance is changing a lot of times. And so, yes, there's so much insecurity and changing going on inside of them. That's right. And so as they are starting to doubt things, um, it is really important parents come in and actually encourage them. Mm Well, and one of the most amazing benefits of being a homeschool parent and a parent in general, um, but with homeschooling, you have more time. That's that's the real the real benefit of homeschooling in this is when they are struggling, when they have difficulty understanding what's going on, when they are so insecure, when, you know, I, I have often noted that with my boys, it seemed like their head was detached from their body. It's like, I just don't know who you are anymore. But when they're going through that and they truly don't know who they are anymore, you're the one that is sitting there speaking truth to them instead of just allowing the world to fill that void or friends to fill that void or social media. social media or movies or songs or anything else to fill that void and that search that these kids are on, we have the privilege to pass on to them the truth of who they are, how special they are, how God created them for a purpose, how God made them exactly the way he intended to, because he makes no mistakes. Yeah. And so I always underestimated that as our kids were coming up. I always un- underestimated just how insecure, insecure they really were, especially when they hit that middle school age. There's insecurity before that. Yes. But it is nothing like what they hit when they hit middle school. Yeah. And so even the boys, I was surprised. You know, I, I, I thought the boys were actually worse, it, more, um, more notably shaken in yes. that age bracket than the girls were. Yes. And maybe that's because I'm a girl. So it seemed I, I related a little bit. More. Well, I, that's what I was trying to, that's what I was saying is, is that it, it surprised me yeah. how much the boys struggled with that. And I, you know, benefit of hindsight, looking back to myself, um, I struggled with that as well when I was middle school. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, you know, how old is that? Uh, uh, 11, 11 to 13 or so, 14. And I think now with all the influences, they're probably running into it at nine and 10. And yes. so anyways, my point is, is that um, watch for this when they're younger, mm-hmm. but especially watch for it when they get to nine, 10 and 11, and especially watch for it um, with the boys in this yeah. age group, yeah. because they seem to be actually worse in this insecurity that even the girls were 
at that age. And I think that they that they are very high value targets for the enemy too, because if he can snag those boys yeah. out before they become men of God, that's a huge, huge win for him. And so that's why I think that you see so much of this messaging tearing down um, manhood, masculinity, all of these things, just really bringing into question all of the things that that is is normal and right and created. Um, you know, God created us male and female, and those are two unbelievably complementary beings. Um, and and society has totally lost the view of how beautiful that design actually is. Um, which actually leads me to another application of this. Not only should you be do, is it important to understand your identity so that you can pass on truth to your children, but um, it's also very, very important to speak truth one to another. Ephesians um, chapter four, I believe, is where it it goes through. Yeah, chapter four, it goes through all of these things about our relationships with one another, and one of the things that we are commanded to do is speak truth to one another. And that's not just an absence of lying. I think we would all agree that lying to each other is wrong. But are you proactive in speaking truth to your spouse? Are you proactive in in actually reaffirming to the people around you who they are, why they are special, and really playing a role in that um, to help them from struggling as well, to, to give them additional arsenal against the the arrows and the lies that Satan spews their way. Um, but also, are you speaking truth to yourself? Hmm. I mean, there's I've, I've got a printable that I will connect in the show notes so you can download it. There's just 40 verses that tell us what our identity is in Christ. And that just scratches the surface. But as you work through that, you see things like you were known before you were even formed and Mm. you were loved. And that God has a plan for you that's so much bigger and greater than you would have ever imagined. And on and on and on. And these things, these verses that are on this printable, again, I just chose 40 of them, which was completely arbitrary. But if you stick that in your Bible and you actually work through it and have it handy, a lot of the lies that Satan is going to throw with you, there is a combat verse right there for it. And you can also put those in play with your children, your spouse, yourself, you know, your friend who's really struggling. Um, it's, it's, there are so many ways that these can be used. It's amazing to me how when the Lord addresses this idea, idea of identity, he is always building you up. Mm-hmm. Right. He's not spending a lot of time tearing you down. He's not telling you it's it's not negative connotation. It is very positive. It is like he is building you up to tell you who you are, encouraging you to try to push you out into the world to tell other people who you are in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a very interesting um, uh, focus on this because there's not a whole lot of, of, of tearing you down and telling you, and that's really what's happening right now is that there's a lot of this element. You go out into the popular, you know, uh, uh, world and communication out there. There's a lot of negativity Mm -hmm. out there. And it's a lot of, uh, telling you, you are this, therefore you're going to do this, this, and this, and this. Right. And this. Or this action defines everything about you. That's right. And 
the Lord doesn't take that angle. Right. The Lord starts telling you, building you up as he's trying to build out your identity. Well, and, and loving on who you are and, and equipping you right where you are. I mean, as you were talking, the, the encounter with the woman of Samaria, um, you know, she was not clean woman. She had had a number of husbands and Jesus even knew that the man that he was, she was living with now was not her husband. She was an adulterer. She was, you know, all of these things that, that was the identity that she had within her town or she wouldn't have been going out in the middle of the day, the heat of the day to get water. And yet Jesus spins that around. It's like that part doesn't even, yes, I know that I see that, but you know what? I'm still here to offer you living water because I am above that. And I know that you are more than the sum of those experiences. Yeah. And her reaction tells you everything there. The freedom because she went to the people she was hiding from were the exact people that she went to get to bring to him. And I think that's just awe inspiring. Yes. Yes. And I think that that is, I mean, that's our Lord. That's what he does. Yep. Over and over and over. And he's doing it today. Yes. Still. You know, one, I want to get into just a a little bit more practical ways that understanding our identity really shapes our purpose. I, um, there's a, a quote that, that I read by Elizabeth George that says, let a clear understanding of your identity in Christ shed light on all the ways you can live out your purpose. Um, and, and it does. And we kind of addressed that earlier on, but I want to actually refer back to that same passage in uh, Colossians because it really goes on to say a lot of very practical ways that our identity in Christ, what we just talked about, um, being a new creation and, and holy and blameless and all of those things, how that then shapes our purpose and how we live that out. If you look at verse 23, um, we're told to continue in the fa- the faith, stable and steadfast. That stable means grounded and on a firm foundation. And that that is just very instructive. If we want to be the parent, because ultimately we are called to parent and teach our children diligently, first and foremost, as moms and dads, if we want to be the parent that God has called us to be, we have got to be grounded in what we believe so that we can pass that on stable. And then that um, steadfast is not getting to fluctuation. Hmm. We're not being, you know, tossed around by every wind of change, but rather we are steadfast. We are confident in the hope that we have in Christ. And that is going to give us the footing with which to instruct our children, with which to to give them the weapons they need to stand against all of the lies that the culture is trying to feed them right now. So we've, we've got that, that where we can be stable and steadfast because we have the eternal word of God that is completely true from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation. Nothing, nothing is in error with that entire book. It is a perfect, perfect book where we can know God. We can know what God says about us. We can see every way that he has instructed us to live and we know that his ways are best. And so we are able by being grounded in that knowledge, grounded in God's word, grounded in our identity and who we are in Christ to pass on to our children that same toolkit for who they are where they'll know that culture doesn't give them their identity, media doesn't give them their identity. Any choice in individually 
that could be wrong doesn't give them their identity. Jesus Christ offers to give them their identity as a child of God, as a citizen of heaven, and as a world changer as they go out for him. Parents have so much more influence in this area than what they let on, what they, they think they have. And I think that taking the opportunity to actually teach and instill this in your children, either through actually going through a Bible study or just living it out right. um, is really powerful. And one thing that I've kind of learned over the years is that a lot of times your kids will not let on the influence that you have. Yes. And there are many times that I think that, kids, that our kids are not really paying attention to the things that I'm saying, oh, there goes daddy's droning on again. But then they turn around and they do exactly what I've told them to do. Or I hear them telling other people that. And I'm like, score! They're listening! They're like, wow, all right. (laughs) So I just want to kind of encourage. And the reason why I said that is because I'm trying to encourage the parents out there. Some of you don't have this trouble. You're like, rah, rah, yes, I have all the influence in the world. Others of you out there, are you're right in the midst of teenage rebellion and you think that you have no influence on your kids anymore and they're completely beyond your reach. And I can promise you right now, it's not near as bad as you think it is. And the Lord has put you in their lives to impact them. And if nothing else, you reproduce who you are. And so what I'm trying to say is, is that when they see you live it out and they you understand what your identity is, then that's going to impact them. And it's going to give them an awful lot of stability. Absolutely. In a world where stability is not the norm. That's right. And so one of the greatest gifts that you can give your children is the stability that mom and dad know who they are. Yes. And then they are stable and steadfast, grounded in God's word and passing that along. And stability, security as well. Uh, There's a, there's a, um, you know, so when you say stability, mm-hmm. um, I think we miss that sometimes yeah. is that there's a lot of security in knowing who you are and the stability that right. you offer. Um, it's like home base, right? I mean, I, I remember taking psychology classes back in, in college and you go through baby development and how the baby always seems to kind of go away and then it always comes back to mom. Mm-hmm. I don't think your kids ever really get out of that. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Even when it feels like they are pulling so hard, um, just be faithful. Just keep keep doing what you're doing. Stay on your knees. Get to know God so well that you can talk to him very, very, um, very passionately, but also very directly. And, and just lean into what God's word says about you and your family. Um, and that would be our encouragement for you today. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about, they've kind of alluded to it, but uh, a lesson that we learned when we were younger parents, and that is you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And we're going to really lean into that next week on the podcast as we break that out and hopefully try to give you um, some encouragement that's very specific to your parenting um, mission and, and how you can do that well. Yes. If you have been around Teach Some Diligently very long, You've heard us say that before, yeah. but I'm, I'm, it has been so impactful on us mm-hmm. uh, to think about that. Um, and we want to pass that on. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. That was one of the, the statements that really 
rocked our world when we were younger and then became just a, a big um, guiding, like a rudder for a lot of the things that we did. Um, so we'll talk about that next week. And I hope that you'll plan to join us there. Share these podcasts with your friends. If there is anyone that um, you know of that would that could use this kind of encouragement, we would really, truly love to be able to speak with them as well um, through the podcast, definitely at our events, through Teach Them Diligently 365, social media, all the different ways that, that we really hope that we are there to encourage your family and as many as you as you know and um, as you have influence over. Uh, so we have podcasts that come out twice a week. Uh, go to your favorite podcast provider, click the subscribe button. Um, if the Lord lays it on your heart, we sure would appreciate uh, some feedback on that. It would be good to to kind of know what you think. So uh, let us know that we would be grateful um, and just really hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week loving on your children, growing closer to God, making memories and enjoying this path that God has laid out for you. So have a great rest of your week and we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.